Welcome to God, Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God, Yay or Nay. This is your host, Noor Kidwai. Thanks for tuning in. My guest this week is Nyla Aladdin. Nyla is a sexuality coach. She talks a lot about sexuality, spirituality, and how your sexuality relates to living a holistic life. It's a very cool episode. Uh, check me out on Instagram at NoorKidWai. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. That always helps. And we're part of the Comedy Here Often podcast network on 604 Records. So check them out too. Let's get into this week's episode, everybody. My guest this week, Nyla Aladdin. Hey, welcome to another episode of God, Yay or Nay. I'm here with Nyla Aladdin. Nyla, thanks for joining me. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, this is going to be a fun episode. Uh, we're going to talk about some taboo subjects. And, uh, and, like, I know, when sexuality shouldn't be taboo, but uh, like, yeah, um, why don't you give my uh, audience like a little background of like what you do and kind of how you came into like uh, what you do absolutely so I was born and raised in Mauritius have you heard of no I haven't okay so it's a tiny little island up up the east coast of Madagascar in the middle of nowhere oh and wow yes we don't have aboriginal people we have people from all over and it's a very religious place. So I grew up conservative Muslim. Mm. And then when I was 18, I moved to Canada to, to further my studies. And uh, I was young and in love. And my boyfriend came with me. And we ended up uh, being together for the next 17, 18 years. And it was an abusive relationship. And because I was there alone, like I, and there was so much happening, I just stayed. I stayed in that relationship for that long. And it was sexually, emotionally, and uh, physically abusive. Mm. Now, um, while I was in that relationship, I thought that was it. That was the end of my life. And there was a lot of shame about uh, divorce and leaving that was pre-programmed in me. Nobody actually came to me and said, you have to stay in this relationship. It was things that I had made myself believe that I needed to do. And uh, because of that, I never told anybody about what was going on. I never opened up. Everybody thought that I was living this like amazing life and I was always smiling. And But at, at the core of it, it was terrible. So in 2019, I got the courage to actually leave because it was either that or I was going to die. And I left and uh, I found myself not knowing anything about who I was, um, being 36 and because my entire adulthood life was controlled and I didn't know uh, what I actually liked, why I said no to some things. So I had to rediscover my entire identity and um, learn new lessons and make mistakes and grow from it. And one of the aspects of, so I call this our human pie chart and we have different uh, pies. And one of that is our sexuality. And for me, uh, coming from the conservative background, being married for that long and having one sexual partner, it made me realize that I knew nothing about my sexuality. So I also found out, like as I was researching it, that um, I came up with it, that our sexuality is an average of, of our past sexual experiences, our programming, our cultural programming, religious programming, and um, the porn industry and the, and the media that we consume. So an average of that is what we've been 
consuming as who we are sexually. So each one of us is an average of that. And we don't really take time or the people that I know, a lot of people that I work with have never taken the time to sit down and understand how their sexuality got shaped and what that means. How, how is that affecting other areas of their life? So once I, I left and I was like, oh, I want to I want to understand my sexuality, but I don't want to do one night stand. I don't want to go around and uh, uh, sleep around. Not that there's anything good or bad about it. That's just not where I was or no, I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I was also somebody that I wanted to get deeper into it and understand. And I also didn't want to have a relationship at that point. So all of these things really pointed me into what is sexuality? What, what does that mean for a woman? What does that mean for men? How is that fitting in the rest of our life? How does that fit with our um, self-conscious, our self-worth, our ability to, um, to be motivated and things like that? That has nothing to do with our sex life, for se, but mm-hmm. it's interconnected. So I went down that rabbit hole and there we are. And I call myself a carnal revivalist. Because a carnal, carnal of the flesh, because I, I, I feel that we already went through the sexual, um, all of the different things that people like people have been talking about sexuality for such a long time. And it's been like the female movement and then people going from different aspects of sex and really bringing it forth on the table. And we, we, we are now going through a renaissance of that. So we went through all of the people uh, coming out and saying, this is what we want, the LGBTQ movement. But now things are going to calm down a little bit because people are having their rights. People are being heard. People are having a voice. And now the balance goes back into the middle. So now people are like, okay, what now? I don't want to be in one bubble or the other. What does that mean? What is my sexual identity? How do I fit into all of this? Mm. And that's where I come in, basically. Yeah. Okay. No, that's uh, like, I love that story. And uh, when you started asking yourself these questions, like, where were, how did you like answer them? Uh, so I was in Ontario, Canada at the time when I left that, that relationship and I was lucky I had I had found one partner where I was able to be comfortable and go down and be more um, vulnerable in my sexuality mm-hmm. and I started realizing that fuck like I don't know anything about sex right? <laughs> and, and, um, and then I decided to move to uh, BC so I was in BC for nine months for uh, nine cities in nine months And at that point, I knew that um, I was going to be in that field that I was going to be talking about it. And it was extremely scary to to come on um, a podcast or online and just be like, hey, I'm going to be talking about sex. I'm a female. I'm a mom. I'm a single mom. I'm a divorced woman. I'm a Muslim, like all of these labels that we have. And it was like, okay, like what are people going to say about me and think about me? And the more that I work through those um, those inner barriers right the more the universe opened up to me so that i would receive this information so people started showing up in my life and accidentally or coincidentally and they had some kind of information or i would meet people and they started telling me about their sexual issues and then i was able to like guide them so one of the people that came into my life in bc uh he was a gynecological researcher and uh, he he was a professor at the University of Alberta that had left that position and he was traveling the world teaching women about their uh, their their sexuality and their the a lot of the gynecological um, issues that they were having and how you can actually solve them without taking medication or with other tools so mm-hmm. I was like 
oh my God, like I really, really want to learn from this man. And I, uh, I asked him if he was going to do a, a show with me. So I would sit down and interview him. And that was 2001, around April that we agreed to this. So he would, he on his own dime, he would come to my place and I invested in all of this equipment and we would sit there and record this. But I was so awkward. <laughs> I was so scared. I did not want to talk about my own personal things. I was just asking questions and then I wouldn't really uh, interact and have proper conversation because I was like, oh my God, my mom's going to see this. My dad's going to see this. Um, uh, no, 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 no. I cannot talk like this. So I was, it was so, so bad, so awkward. And uh, every time we, we decided like, okay, we're going to edit it and put it out, it never happened. So I have about 20 hours worth of recording where I'm actually asking him questions and understanding all of these different aspects of men and female um, genitalia and sexuality and the energy and all of it. Um, but we never released it. So mm -hmm. <laughs> that was one of the ways also of experience uh, learning through teaching others and uh, understanding what was going on and experiencing it on my, in my own life and then going and teaching it to others. So it went from back and forth for a while. Oh yeah. No, and I can, uh, I can understand that. Like coming from a Muslim background as well, I can understand like, you know, when I did this, started this podcast, like my first episode was about me going to, uh, oh, going to Mexico to do uh, ayahuasca retreat. So like, it was like me doing ayahuasca. So I'm talking about taking a psychedelic and like my whole freaking like thing was like, God damn it. Like, I can't like show this to my family and all the people. And I'm like, so it was like a really, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was a really, tough thing to do and I know what you're saying about the shame and I I get it when coming from a religious household and uh maybe like I would think well actually like honestly come I've seen like a lot of conservative Christian households they seem pretty on par with conservative Muslim ones with like the sexual yes. shaming uh how did like how did you break through that because like I know for myself it it did take a while like like uh, for me at least I gotta go to college and kind of like be around like a bunch of college people who are all like exploring their sexuality at the same time so that kind of helped out and like I was away from my family so it kind of gave me like a little bit of freedom but uh yeah like in, in your situation I am like I couldn't imagine like you're with somebody for 17 years and uh I, I can understand like when you're around somebody especially like you're just kind of keep a norm going and then like anything else is like some possibilities you might not even have in your head right yeah exactly um so it's an ongoing battle <laughs> it's a it's it's something that i'm always uh pushing a little bit more the limit uh i call it my uh drip marketing system to my family so it's like i drip a little bit of information and I drip it and I drip it and then they blow out and it's like they don't talk to me for a few days and then <laughs> and then and then I I drip another thing and then it's the same pattern right so yeah. eventually they realize holy shit I'm in the middle of the ocean where are all this drip coming from <laughs> <laughs> um but but jokes apart like it's 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 a it's a journey it's hard um and I understand what you're saying because a lot of female, a lot of male, they come to me anonymously behind, you know, in DMs. And it's it's a conversation that people are not going to be posting on my comments so that other people can see. But behind the scene, I get a lot of questions about this. And it's an ongoing process. It's something that um, 
our it's a cultural programming that's so ingrained into a lot of us and it, it's you yes you can you can pull the rug but it's going to still take time it's going to be in stages and we're always going to be learning new things and this happens with every generation you know what i mean like uh, what our parents had to experience maybe they had to go through something yes we're not going to be able to compare it to ours especially i stand on stage and i speak about sex it's not the same but every generation feels like the next one is like bringing too much change or bringing too much um new things to the, the traditions and mm-hmm. it's never gonna stop it's it's about education and consciousness and awareness and we're always like educating explaining you know coming from a place of coming from the heart yeah and like just to give you some love on that like I know it takes a lot of courage to stand up to that and like yeah props to you because I know like yeah it's you have to it takes courage to like push through a like cultural norm and you get you'll always get pushback and even like uh you probably saw some of my comedy like even when I like put up some stuff about me being Muslim I get pushed back from like very conservative Muslims too and like it's just like okay like it, at first it's like tough but the more you do it you just kind of get used to it and you're just like okay and uh you gain a courage where you like want to be you're like this is who I am and I'm solidified in that and like you know you become a little unwavering about what the outside world throws at you which is like honestly there's nothing better than that right yeah it's a it's an ongoing process that's 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 for (laughs) sure yeah um it's uh, it's been a beautiful journey too because we inspire like people like you and I because you do, you're standing up because your 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 audience the people that are watching you that are laughing at your jokes they need that and we are standing up for a big chunk of the population that can't they don't have that courage yet or they are looking for somebody that has some kind of resonance to them to their to their background to how they are feeling and mm-hmm. I feel what we're doing is so important. And uh, being in Canada, you're in Canada too, right? Yeah, in Toronto. Yeah, so um, at one point I was in the suburbs there and I realized that a lot of people around me are from different cultures and they are having an identity crisis because in their house they are being raised. So let's let's say that somebody is, is, is traveling from X country. We're not going to label them because they're all the same at different degrees of seriousness. They are traveling from X country X and coming to Canada in 2000. Now, their their understanding of that culture and that those traditions and the religious um, that comes, whatever that comes with it from 2000, they are bringing that and they are trying their best to preserve that and a little bit more because that's what they know and they want to hold on to that so much. Now, these kids are growing up in a new area, new school, new friends, and they are being taught new things, but their parents are holding on to that 2000 uh, culture from back home. So now they have that to, 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 to go for, and then they have their school friends, and then they are growing up, so they have their own identity. So I usually say they have one at home, one with their friends, and one that they don't really show to anybody that's theirs. And those are gonna be our doctors, our lawyers, our teachers, our politicians, because that's what Canada is made of, people that are coming from a lot of other countries. Yeah. And that same family goes back to their, to their country X, 
And uh, country X is not like 2000. People have evolved, people have moved on, they have new tradition, they have new ways, but because they left at that time, they're still holding on to that. And I see that so much. So that's why I wanna say thank you for what you do because yes, you're doing comedy, um, and people might say, oh, he's a comedian. It's easy. He's just making people laugh. I know that it's not that at all. <laughs> and there's so much depth in, in the type of work that we do, that, that you do, that's so, so important. And we need to address those because you are addressing a group of people that needs this. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks for saying that. That was uh, nice. Um, all right. Uh, let's talk. So, like, you traveled all these cities. You talked to people about sex. Um I kind like so your job like where you help people out it's you're trying to bring a balance into their sexual life right um so like I want to kind of talk about like uh when you meet somebody who might be in the little bit of the more shame based or uh repressed based of sexuality like what's your process with that and then like I also want to talk uh, about eventually like when you meet somebody in the over sexualized place um what's your balance with that like uh is there a process at all yes so first it is exactly what you said. And what is a taboo and what is over-sexualization is going to be different from one person to the other. So if, I, I, if I'm working with a female that is in her mid-40s, has never had sex, has never had an orgasm, uh, was, was, uh, was um, abused as a child sexually and is, is uh, professionally really good, she has her money and everything, but that's the one aspect of her life that she has nowhere to go to. The approach is going to be very different than if I have uh, another female that has been open sexually, that has been empowered by her sexuality, and now she, she's at a different stage of her life and she wants to go deeper into different things. Obviously, the approach is going to be very, very different. Mm. So usually, uh, my job is to provide tools. So if you think about... Um, cooking and uh, recipes, I teach people the, the, the tools to make a recipe, to make their own recipe. I teach them the basic of how to use the tools in the kitchen to make a meal. So then they can go and grab all of the ingredient, ingredients that they like, that they want to eat, and then make their own meal. And that's the, the style that I have. And I'm also really, um, I'm, I'm really careful because one of my thing is that I want people to be independent. I want them to take this information and go and practice it on their own and see how it applies to their life and tweak it and make changes, teach it to others and go from there. So being, being in that sense, I'm only gonna teach them the tools that they need in that moment. So for the woman that's coming from the shame background and so she's gonna get the tools for that. And then the other woman or the other man that comes from the different background, I'm gonna give them the tools that's gonna take them from that point to the other. So there's just a lot of tools that I have that I've practiced that I've experienced, that I've taught, and depending on who they are and where they are in their journey, I'm gonna teach them about that. Mm -hmm. No, I, I can understand that. I, and I guess that's pretty much sexuality is that for everybody. Eh? It's like, <laughs> it's like very personal. So I, I can understand that, but like trying to like, open somebody up I guess like sexually yeah it can be a very personal thing and like yeah I I, I couldn't uh yeah I couldn't imagine even like with myself like it was so much like uh trial and error too right of course and that's that's gonna be that too but for example like I'm not gonna be teaching a woman 
And, and the reason why I'm seeing women, I work with both men and women, but I'm speaking of very specific examples that are coming to my mind. Mm. So somebody that has not had an orgasm, that has not touched themselves, that has not had sex. I'm not going to start with like, oh, this is you, you're going to go in your vagina and you're going to do this. Like, no, this is too advanced for this person. They are dealing with self-confidence. They are dealing with low self-esteem. They are dealing with no self-worth. They are dealing with fear about their sexuality. They've never done anything there. There's so much programming that this is wrong in their head. So most of the work with this person is going to be psychological. It's going to be a lot of introspective activities. It's going to be them discovering them first and understanding um, their connection with all of these different parts of themselves and working to expanding that. Uh, so when this person is finding balance, and they are putting down all of the different things that they want to work with their sexuality. It's going to look very um, purist compared to somebody else, but that's them expanding. That's them going more into balance. So that's going to be different for everybody. And then I have other people that are coming to me for various reasons. Like I had a dad that hired me because he has a 15 year old daughter from a different relationship. And this girl now is approaching her puberty and the conversations are different and the way they communicate is different. And she's not, she's having different mood swings and things like that. So he wants to be there for her and he wants to be the best version of a dad to her. So working with me allowed them to rekindle that uh, relationship and take it to the next level. So a lot of what I do is also teaching people how to communicate effectively within relationships within themselves and how to manage relationships. So how, what is the best way to have the best possible relationship with yourself or a, a sexual partner or your child, or, you know, like it, it can be anything. And um, we go through those stages. And then you have other people that's just coming because they only get clitoral orgasm and they want to understand how to have more um, internal orgasms and what are the steps for them to get there or even if it's possible and that kind of thing so it's really broad yeah oh okay that's amazing <laughs> yeah you're, you, it is pretty broad you're kind of all over the map there but I like that um, yeah. the one thing you did mention though it's like you were linking like sexuality into like inner confidence into like how your self-worth and to like a lot of things like psychologically that is like extremely important for a person's well-being so I was wondering like maybe if you can go into a little more of like how our sexuality is so important to like who we are as people and just like how we present ourselves in the world Absolutely. So uh, it's only recently in the last centuries that sex has become such a taboo. Sex was something very normal. We exist because of sex. Like you and I wouldn't be here today if two people didn't have sex. But some, somehow it has been made that it's such a shame and there's so much taboo around it. People hide it. And so basically we're going back to making it as a normal process of life as possible. And um, I was telling you about the human pie chart earlier. <clears throat> so we have, if I have to take a pie chart and divide it into segments, each one of those uh, will represent a part of our life that's important. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our sexuality is part of that. And our sexuality is related to all of these different things. So I spent a lot of time uh, researching, especially after COVID. And I saw that a lot of companies, a lot of uh, individuals, they're spending so much energy and time understanding their physical health and their mental health, especially after COVID, like even um, industries, companies, they are putting a lot of emphasis on it. Like what is, a, what is the optimal work-life balance and things like that. 
And we understand that everything is interconnected and influencing each other. If you don't sleep well three nights in a row and you're going to go on stage, it's going to affect you. You're going to have to take coffee or whatever things that you need to do to get your energy up there and get you as pumped as possible. Mm -hmm. But if that continues for many, many days or multiple weeks, and now you pair that with poor nutrition and um, lack of physical activity, you know how this is going to affect your body short term and long term. Mm -hmm. But we really take time to analyze how our sexuality is doing the same thing. And a lot of people, whether they're male or female, they have an understanding of their sexuality. They're like, oh, I'm going to, if I don't have a partner, I'm going to masturbate or I'm not going to masturbate or I think it's wrong or I think it's not wrong. And everybody has their own ways of dealing with this. And they don't realize that, or they're not paying attention enough to understand that all of what they think and what they're doing about their sexual organs and their sexuality is also influencing their self-worth, is also influencing their mood, is also influencing uh, the quality of sleep, is because we are biochemical beings and uh, our sexuality is so connected to our hormones and our chemicals mm -hmm. and it has it has an effect of interconnectivity so exactly like how you were saying everything is so related and the more empowered we we are about understanding how it's related and what can we do about it the better the quality of our life is going to be and when you say like it's related to our whole hormone system our whole like all of that stuff is this like this is also on an individual basis like every individual is different kind of thing not necessarily at the core of it everybody has the same thing it's just how you're using it is going to affect you differently right so mm -hmm. i say that we are made out of three things that's how i see human beings we are made out of energy uh, psychology and physical okay and if you look at uh, different practitioners out there like the western they are more into the physical form and then now psychology is, is catching up to that and then you go into the eastern philosophies they have a lot of information about energy and if you take all of them together and you plug them into one system i say all three of them are as important so i can bring that to any aspect of our life and if i bring it to sexuality i say that the sexual energy the sexual psychology and the sexual physical health are as interconnected and as important to one another. So as you're learning to navigate that, not only you're having a better sex life, which is amazing and, and needed, but it's also helping you with the other aspect of your life. For mm -hmm. example, if you have a low self-confidence, low self-esteem, low self-worth, and that's how you view yourself sexually, that's how you're connected to your sexuality, this is also how you're going to show up, let's say, if you have to go for work or if you have to ask for a raise, because everything is connected subconsciously. So as you're working on those things, you're also working on removing those, those um, blockages that were hindering your life, uh, your life process, right? Mm. It's, it's very connected. So let's take the example of somebody that's having a sexual issue, whether it's a female or male. That sexual issue, whatever that is, it's something that got installed in them because of something, whether it was uh, more physical, more psychological, more energetic, it's somewhere residing there. So once we pinpoint out why it's happening, we can reverse engineer it back to when it happened, how it happened. And then we can also see what else is this affecting in the person's life. That's not just their sexuality. And that way, they are working on all of it at the same time yeah wow no i like that that's uh no that's pretty amazing and i i could uh i could see what you're saying like um 
even like how you were mentioning someone who's like low confidence, low energy, low, like all of that. Um, so if, if there was somebody in that situation, would you say like, start working on that confidence, self-worth and like, cause that's very psychological and yes. like start working on that more to kind of build that up and like watch it trickle into the physical and energetic or how, how would you kind of look at that? Yeah, so each one, each person is going to have their unique way of doing it. But the first thing is to reconnect them with themselves and to rebuild that self-confidence, uh, self-confidence and the self-worth. So there's many activities, many types of work and tools, but it has to be practiced. So I'm here to guide the person and give them all of these tools and teach them how to use them. And then they have to start practicing it in their daily life. Mm -hmm. uh, and once they start having that, they, it becomes second nature. And then, you know, eventually it's something that they are, they are, um, it becomes them. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and depending on where they are, it's going to be, uh, a, it, it can be a slow or fast process. And uh, it, it depends on how much they want to invest into this healing, right? Yeah, of course. What's, what's like some of the common tools you use? So um, a lot of them are mindset tools, mindset, mindset driven tools. Uh, so, for example, you and I were having a conversation uh, earlier about um, what are the if in a relationship, what are the guiding principles that are non-negotiable, right, for mm -hmm. somebody. So first, I'm going to teach them how to do that with themselves and find out exactly uh, what are the guiding principles that are important to them. So actually teaching them step by step to go and dig those answers within themselves. Because a lot of us don't have a map of how to utilize, you know, all of these, uh, how we are, why we are like that, what do we want, what do we want to bring into the into our reality. And it's just guiding them that way. One of the other tools that I use is the human pie chart. So I get them to do a, a, an actual pie chart and then we take um, the eight main things in our life and then we analyze how much and how much of our current energy. So you have 100% of your energy. And if I tell you to do a pie chart of your life, you'll be able to tell me how much of your energy goes into your family, into your self-care, into your career, into your finances, into your spirituality. And then you can see, okay, this is who I am today. This is where I want to be in my sexuality. Am I giving it the right uh, energy? Am I giving it the enough time of my day to get there? Also, where is my energy going? Maybe I don't need a relationship with another person right now. I need a relationship with myself. So if I'm trying to do both at the same time, I'm going to most likely fail at both because I'm putting my energy into two things that I'm supposed to work on one first and then go to the other one. So I use visual tools like that because when a person they actually see it and they are the one that's putting the values to all of this they're like okay i'm wasting my energy on this that does not mean that they cannot go back once they've worked on a few things and reassess and reshuffle their priorities so that's one tool that we use and then i do the same one with their sexuality so i have uh, just one pie chart that's just for the sexuality and then we say okay that's a hundred percent of your sexual energy that's your sexual attention where do you want it to go what what is important to you and for everybody it's going to be different and then based on that we're going to go down the tools that they need for that so if a person is more on the self-confidence they are rebuilding their connection to self they're going to have activities for that and if a person is going more towards uh, semen retention or understanding how to um, what are the breathing techniques that they need to get there 
those are the tools that that person is going to get from me. <clears throat> but first, we need to assess where they are, what, uh, where they want to be, and what has happened in their life. And then the tools gets redistributed in that sense. Awesome. I love that. And uh, yeah, you did just mention uh, like uh, kind of like breathing techniques with your sexuality and stuff like that. Uh, so like, I don't know, like when you came and started studying all of this stuff, when did you uh, jump or like kind of stumble across like Tantra? And uh, like maybe if you want to like kind of give like a slight definition of Tantra or like what it is for my audience, just that people are unaware. Sure. Um, I'll tell you what my definition is. And then most people, when I ask them what, what they know or have heard of the word Tantra, very often they think of sex. Mm -hmm. uh, so Tantra to me is not sex. Tantra to me is the ability to have um, a conscious life based on intentional basis. So if you have an intention before any action that you're doing from the time you wake up to you go to sleep, you're more conscious, meaning that you are guiding your life the way you want it to be. That's what Tantra okay. means. Now, if I take that and I bring it into sexuality, then it means you have a tantric sex life. So like I was telling you earlier, I teach people how to cook the basic of cooking and then they can make their own recipes. So I teach them how to have a tantric life and what that means and what, what it is to have a tantric sex is plugged into that. And then now they can go and have the different aspect of tantra into their life. So the word Tantra itself is a Sanskrit word that loosely translates to tools or technology. So if I look around me and I see, okay, I'm in, I'm in Mexico. These are the tools that are available around me. How can I have a better life with those? It's going to be different if I'm in Canada or if I'm in Africa. So it's being adaptable to use the tools that are around you to have a better life. And uh, that's what Tantra is to me. So yes, I teach about Tantra and how Tantra got into my life is when I left that relationship, I was already on my spiritual uh, path. I had already started and I was, I, I was very intentional. So I understood like, for example, I don't know about you, but I grew up where they said, before you eat food, you should say Bismillah. Yeah. And I, there was a point in my life where I was like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm super neutral and I'm going to go and be an observant of different religion, uh, different religious practices and different uh, spiritual practices and see and overlay them on each other and see what uh, what resonates, what are similar, what are the similarities and why. Like, let, let me think about the why they are saying this. And then it's the same thing. Most religion are like, bless your food before you eat it. And Tantra will tell you, like, put your energy into it. all of these different things. So what it's actually saying is do an intention because you're guiding it. So if you're having an intention for your food, that's the food that you're eating. So that way you start bringing that same concept in all of the areas of your life, including your sexuality. That's Tantra. And I, I realized that really, really, really early on. And <clears throat> once I, I was I was experiencing different sexual like my sexuality, I understood what that meant. So it became extremely intuitive for me. And I never actually went out and took a course because I understood what it was. And I just did it the way that I understood it. And it was an, uh, amazing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, no, 100%. Like, <laughs> becoming more intentional with everything. And I understand how you said that makes you more conscious, 100%. If you come in and say, like, I have an intention to do this today or, like, when I'm doing this activity, this is my intention to get out of it. 
I can 100% see you becoming more conscious because your mind always has like something to aim for. So that will bring like more consciousness into it or more presence, whatever you want to call it. Um, so when you bring this into sex, though, like how do you become more intentional in sex? Exactly how it sounds. You are going to put your intentions if you are doing self-pleasure or you have a partner, you, you're going to discuss Sexual uh, communication is so important, being able to have those very, very clear conversation with a partner that you've known for a long time or a new partner, it really helps because what's in that person's head and what's in your head, it's it, the same word have different meanings for different people. So the more you're able to clarify with yourself, with your partner, with the universe, what you want and what you are trying to achieve, the more intentional everything in your life is going to be, including your sexuality. Um, and I, I encourage you to try it. And then obviously, um, as you get more into it, the, uh, the first thing is always the connection to the self. So before you even go into tantric sex with partners, I would say you have to have an understanding of your own body, understanding of um, the different aspect of how to release, how to have the test it out, do your own type of breath work while you're in that space. It's just energy. It's energy moving up and down, so you can play with it and mm -hmm. um, test it on your own, you know. And um, or do come do some sessions with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I've uh, played around with it a little bit because um, it is like I, I'm very into mindfulness and like meditation and breath work. So when I kind of stumbled upon tantra, like the idea of it is myself, like. I did start doing a little bit more of that. And then you kind of realize like when you get turned on, like there's an energy to that. And uh, and you kind of realize that there is a way you can like play with that energy and you can use your breath to move it around your body. And uh, yeah, and then like, I I think that's about as far as I got, but uh... that's it, and 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 that's all you need, and then you start getting deeper into into understanding it. It's like a family recipe. You don't you can make your own. You can you know you just know how to cook. So you, now you're gonna add new. You're gonna try new things. You're gonna remove this. You're like oh I don't like that that ingredient, and you're gonna play around with it, and then eventually you're gonna bring it to another partner, and you're gonna practice with that partner, and there you go. And of course, there's so many, uh, so many other courses, there's people teaching about it. I feel like the way that you're doing it is the best, understanding it from your own perspective first. That way, when you go out, you have an understanding of your own body. So you're, you're able to be that much more powerful in um, the application of whatever tools or techniques that you're being taught, because you know who you are and you've had a good grounding of yourself. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, and then I guess like what you're saying, like when you're with a new partner, it's good to be very communicative or like, yeah, have like a really open communication with them, right? Yes, it's so important. Yeah, no, I, I like that. So like now we talk about the sexual energy and uh, when people kind of like start becoming more aware of it. And like I can tell this for like a man, like I know most men, like especially when I was in my early 20s, like when we get horny it's like for us it's like our energy just like gets focused on our genitalia and it's just like we get this like really uh quick urge just to like kind of uh like just climax as soon as possible like and like all our energy just gets so focused it's just kind of like that's our only where our attention goes and like 
it's like yeah that's when you kind of realize like that's not the best way to like really enjoy sex and really enjoy the pleasure of it and like to be able to kind of prolong it and like kind of bring the energy back up into your body you can get a lot more deeper sensations and then the person you're with can also experience that as well um so like yeah I don't know uh I kind of lost my question there <laughs> but uh, uh let me let me let me just add a few things to what you said it's it's so true um the thing is that the brain is the largest sex organ so it's the brain that's controlling everything and men have not been taught a lot of men have not been taught how to use that energy when they are aroused and arousal is a is an, a beautiful energy that you can bring up so when a man ejaculates if if that ejaculate goes into a fertilized like if it fertilizes an egg you're going to create a child with this energy mm. so this is the most purest form of creative energy that's out there so if you're not and 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 correct me if i'm wrong but with the many many men that i've spoken and, and worked with once they ejaculate they're going to uh, they are very tired it's like they are depleted they need they are almost like they need to just swell and, and sleep. And that's because your body takes a lot of energy to create that ejaculate. Mm. Now, based on my research, my teachings and, and how I, I understand it, I don't have the male genitalia, but I've worked with a lot of men and I've tested it on a lot of them is that, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, ejaculation and orgasms are two different things. And because it has been happening closely together and at the same time, uh, since a lot of men have been uh, in their pubic, puberty phase, they associate it as one thing. But a man can have multiple orgasms just like a woman can and not need to ejaculate. So there are ways of playing with the arousal energy. So yes, to everything that you've said and being more connected to your partner and having more uh, sexual pleasure and having deeper connection and being there for a longer time. But there's so much more benefits to actually understanding how our body uh, is created and how to use that energy how to how to use your sexual energy and how to discern it from uh ejaculation for example super super interesting yeah yeah and uh you know i i remember reading a book that talked a lot about that and i was very interested in it and i i tried it out and like i do understand like i, I did have like experiences where like i did start feeling uh that energy come up my body and like all of a sudden the orgasm became more like my whole body than just uh just in my genitals where it would usually be and uh no it is a very uh it's a very interesting uh feeling and it's something I I really want to explore more um but like now that we're kind of talking about this like sexual energy and recognizing it um maybe we can like how how can you use this energy like now when you become more aware of it because there is like the whole philosophy about how this energy can relate to all parts of your life correct yes um it is just an energy and uh, what is energy anyway energy is just the electricity that's running through the wiring of our body and allows us to function. So I, I love using the analogy of the computer. You can have the most amazing computer out there with the best software and the most upgraded software, and it's not plugged into the electric socket. It's not going to work. Yeah. So, and vice versa, you can have the electricity, not the software and the computer. You know, like you can, you can split this in so many different ways. It only works when all three of them are at the highest optimum um, capacity and they are 
that's when you have the best uh, computer system. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with our body, our energy, and our psychology. I say that our psychology is the software of the computer, our physical body is the hardware, and the electricity is the electricity of our energy, right? Um, so what if we remove the word sex from sexual energy, we're just talking about energy. There's different types of energy. There's different intensity of energy. And the sexual energy uh, is the one that has the most creative power to it because you can create another human being with it. So it's just only normal. So now once you start understanding how to move that energy within yourself, how to play with it, how, how, how to allow it to flow in your body, it's helping you with, uh, if you have any blockages, it, if you have any illnesses, if you have any things, it actually helps with repair. That's one, that's one philosophy in the Taoists um, that they, they talk about this a lot. And there's instances of stories that uh, if somebody was sick at that time and they would go to a practitioner, the practitioner would give them herbs, uh, nutrition, and a sexual position to do, do this sexual position for X amount of time for that many days, and it's going to work, uh, help your, your kidney or help your, because there's different uh, acupressure points in the, in the, in the body. There's different, so everything is interrelated, just like our feet has reflexology our genitalia also has the same so it's extremely vast what you can do once you start understanding that energy more the other thing is i love um i love the power of manifestation and i don't like using that word because uh, it sounds so cliche because we are actually manifesting all the time we are manifesting the good the bad and the ugly mm-hmm. um understanding how the science of manifestation works and why it works in a certain time why it doesn't work always quote-unquote work and how to how to understand it better um it was also mixed in with the understanding of sexual energy because once you understand how manifestation really works you can plug that into with your sexual energy and it's just it's like manifestation on um, amplified like it's so 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 amplified it's because you're using a more powerful energy to to do your manifestation mm-hmm. and uh yeah it is interesting uh no i'm like yeah I, I i do know that and like i struggle with it sometimes where like i just like when i'm doing that stuff like i'm just like oh, i just get to the climax and go, go get going but then you like you do release that energy and like you say you do get tired but when you learn not to do release that energy you like feel it like how energized your body is it's quite quite different and like yeah you it is a creative energy you're correct like this is like because you like to say I know you say something about like how sex and like your productivity is like pretty linked is it not yes 100% your productivity your motivation your actual motivation to get out of bed and and do shit is connected to your sexual energy so imagine that this imagine that you have a house and there's the all of the wiring of the house has that your electricity but because there's stuck energy in some places you're not able to switch on the light in the bathroom you're not able to have uh, your fridge on because the energy is not going through there's some kind of issue that's how our body is and we we haven't really been taught how to use this body that in that manner because now science is catching up to a lot of these things but it's the Eastern philosophies actually knew that, you know, thousands of years ago, but those teachings have been lost. 
now we are getting back into that and we are understanding that we can we can uh, have blockages in our system that's why we're not uh, living in our most optimal life so what at the more that we are able to push this energy through it's circulating it better same thing with the duck in your house if you have nonsense in your you have garbage in your duck duck work and you're trying to have the heat or you're having trying to have the ac it's going to be blocked in one room or the other you have to maintain that and the sexual energy is a really powerful energy that goes into your system and it, it you know it pushes it through and uh, it gives you a better system to work with mm -hmm. <laughs> i like that analogy you're just telling somebody you got garbage in your duck don't worry <laughs> Just going. We'll, have a, we'll have a call center calling you do you have do you need your ducks to be clean? <laughs> yeah, clean your ducks <laughs> um i want to uh before we get out of here like uh i want to go a little bit more in depth in that relationship parameters that you were talking about um just because i think this is great advice for for people and like i re i received similar kind of advice before and it's like really helped me out but like um, when you're talking about getting into a relationship with a partner, but even pretty much you extend this to all relationships, you talk yeah. about having some uh, four parameters. Uh, maybe you can expand on that for my audience. Yes. So the four parameters, super easy. Uh, you, you pick four things that is non-negotiable in that relationship for you or in any relationship. So, for example, if I were to pick mine, it would be... Um, vulnerability authenticity uh honesty communication uh let's put the vulnerability and honesty together so authenticity com effective communication and love so if i'm having any type of relationship depending on how i want that relationship to be built going forward those are the four things that have absolutely need to be there from the beginning for me to say yes to it Let's say that I, I go out on a date with somebody and I, I let them know that those are my four guiding principles and that these are non-negotiable. And they say yes. And they tell me theirs. And then for the next two, three weeks, they have really shitty communication. Now, I'm not going to stop talking to that person unless it's like really, um, really specific, right? But I will give them a second chance. And but if I see like from the get go that the communication is not there, I'm not going to go ahead with that. And I'll be very honest with them. You know what? Like you're a great person. It's just not going to work because that's really important to me. And you're not there yet. Mm -hmm. Now, those are the basic ones. And then the, and they are the foundational ones and they are the non-negotiable one. Then you can have different ones on top of that that are a little bit more loose that are a little bit more um, uh, that you can have flexibility and be more adaptable with. Uh, so, but as long as you know which ones are the most important one, you're not gonna. It helps you save time. It helps yeah. you save time. It helps you get to that to that the right person quicker, and it doesn't waste the other person's time. Doesn't waste your time because the reality is, the person is not gonna change for you, mm -hmm. and you expecting the person to change for you is it's not fair. Yeah, and uh, one other thing I kind of learned that being like more kind of selective in the way you're saying is uh like you you start like learning like you start uh, seeing the these kind of traits and people a lot more so you become like you be end up meeting people who like meet those qualifications way more the more you kind of like uh put these kind of things in your life uh i i i kind of like like i was telling you before like i uh 
I had like kind of a guy who I really look up to tell me like choose three things when you're like meeting a woman and like um make sure like if they don't uh hit one of these non-negotiables like then you know it's probably not going to work out and like you can just move on and for me it was like somebody who enjoys life someone who's kind and uh like kind and like uh, nurturing and then somebody who's uh we have mutual respect for each other so like those are the three things that are like my non-negotiables but it's kind of like interesting because like sometimes you could like see right away where somebody doesn't hit that one of those things that you could just kind of back off and be like all right this isn't somebody I want right. even though like a part of me might be like oh this person's like beautiful or something about them but like you're like that nah. But like you become more selective. And I, I really do think over time when you're looking like when you have these kind of values that you're looking for, I think it creates it. It makes a change in your energy system, too, where you start attracting people with those values over time. And uh, yeah. yeah, there's the, it, you become the clear, clearer you are about what you want, the clearer what you want comes to you the quicker the more specific and i want to add a thing like we talk a lot about manifestation and uh, what we want but i also told you so when i put those four principles for somebody else i also put myself on the same standard so if i want somebody that's vulnerable authentic loving uh, communicative i also have to have those qualities because a lot of times i find with the spiritual world people are manifesting things but they are not bringing an equal value to the table of the manifestation mm. so somebody's like oh i want a uh, hundred thousand dollars i want to have the best job i want the best employer da, 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 da. but what are you bringing to the table are you the best best employee are you uh, are you actually showing up to deserve that money are you are you putting in the effort um, mm -hmm. I want to have a, a communicative um, person in my life. Am I communicating effectively? Am I showing up um, authentically? So I want to make sure that when people are doing that, they are also pointing a finger or a mirror image back to themselves and seeing what are they bringing to the table. Because a lot of times we are always focused on the others. We forget that we are also bringing something valuable, equal value to the table. So it needs to match what we are asking. Mm -hmm. Very important. Yeah, and then, kind of, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I want to also say that. Uh, so when we talk about consciousness, um, a lot of a lot of times people are only using 10% of their conscious mind daily. And what that means is that we are going through through repetition of patterns of, of behavior in our head. Uh, when you wake up, you're not saying, oh, I am going to pull my sheets off of me. I'm going to put my slippers on. I'm going to you're not you're just doing it mechanically. So those are things that are already in your subconscious and conscious mind that are patterns and programs that you're just running. Mm -hmm. And on an average, we are only using 10% of our brain to, to do conscious work. So when we say we are tantric, we are conscious, we are intentional people, we are just doing that 10% a little bit more. And it could be just 11%. That's how much of our unconscious subconscious mind is um, running our system on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem is you can do all of the manifestation, use all of the tools, do everything in that 11% in that 10%. If the programming that's the software that's running in that in that 90% is not according to that 10%, your life, your relationship, your sex life, all of it is not going to be as good as you want. And you're like, oh, but I'm doing the right thing. I'm saying the right thing. I'm attracting. Why is it that I still having those shitty experiences? 
And that's because you need to go back and rewire your subconscious and conscious brain to match what you actually want in your conscious brain. And that's also like, that's, that's a lot of the work that I do with people because it's easy to do the 10%. And even then we are not doing it. What's really hard, what's the most challenging is to work on that subconscious part. And the more we are aware of it, the more we can go and reprogram it uh, slowly. It's, it's, it's a process. I'm still working on mine, but I'm, I'm also really well aware of where I am and how I'm progressing. And so I go back and forth and I make tweaks to it. And that is that is really, really important. And I call it shadow work. There's so many words you can call it, but going into your subconscious and conscious and really tweaking the, the work there and the programming there. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, and that was pretty much, I was going to go down a similar path that you just went down. So that was perfect. Uh, all right. Thank you. All right. We'll keep it at that. <laughs> all right. Uh, Nyla, I uh, really appreciated that. Um, maybe uh, let my audience know where they can get a hold of you and anything you want to promote. Let them know now. Oh, absolutely. Um, so they can definitely find me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, all of the socials, obviously. My name, I'll give you my name, Nyla Oladin. And uh, my website is uh, akasharevival.org. And I'll, I give that to you as well. And there's so much resources on it. There's uh, courses um, that is an amazing course that actually teaches you about sexuality as part of your holistic life balance. There is a free sex detox uh, for anybody that wants to get connected to their sexuality. I understand how, how it was formed. They can just jump on that and do that. Um, and uh, just connect with me, send me messages. I love receiving messages. I, I, I just love talking to people and getting to know their story as well. So definitely connect with me. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Nyla. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. It was a lot of fun too for me. All right. That was another episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. That always helps. And share it with like-minded people. I really do appreciate that. You can check me out at NewerKidY on Instagram or check out my website, NewerKidY.com. You can see my comedy. You can see my comedy dates that are coming up and all that other information. We're part of the comedy here often, podcast network on 604 Records. But I'll see you next time on another episode of God Yay or Nay.